love doing like like outfit checks before I go outside. And so what I've been doing recently is like, I, I won't do more than like two tries. Like if, if I don't like the video enough by the second try, well, too bad. Nothing's gonna be perfect in the way yeah. that I imagine it to be. Like it's either this one or this one. One of them's good enough. It's like, yeah. and that's why I love. I've been getting in, more into like videos over pictures recently because I feel like it, it captures like, what life really is. Like yeah. I'm not a still frame animation. You don't really know anything about me from like this one single frame, mm -hmm. and you're never gonna learn anything about me from this one single frame except that I'm cute as frick. <laughs> Welcome to keeping it real. Basically, the, it comes from the thought that like you go on Pornhub and you watch a video and you have no idea like how the creator of that video got paid, if it was like consensually put on the internet, if it was consensually taken in the first place. A lot of the times it will be kind of obvious that it was like consensually done because, you know, bad acting and yeah. <laughs> like studio likes, but um, you... You don't always know because like if you think about like you know Mia Khalifa mm -hmm. she only did like four porn videos ever she was paid less than like two thousand dollars for all of her four porn videos mm -hmm. Pornhub and the company who owns her owns the images of her body now have made almost a billion dollars using her, her name and her likeness and she only saw like two grand of that and you she, never made any wait, more how, money. Wait, how did she, so she like signed to them first or something? Yes. And like, well, a like on her contract, it only said make those four videos and like give them pictures or whatever? Yeah. And they, they like now own her likeness and can do whatever the frick they want with it. And they only have photos that she gave them in the contract or any photo like she ever takes after that? Probably just the ones in the contract because she's no longer like contracted to. Yeah. Um, a subscription service. I think is she doing OnlyFans now? I, I think so, and that would be like her own content. But like when a lot of these performers go and make content, they literally just are told like, "Oh, hey, you're getting like 500 bucks. Like that's good enough." And then the person puts it on the internet, and then they end up making like I don't know, like. 20 grand off yeah. a video and that person got 500 bucks wait so what's ethical porn ethical porn is something that is you may you know that the person is getting like a fair wage um and they have some sort of ownership over their own like image and you know it's like comes from a good source the person like knows that that porn is now on the internet mm -hmm. and also like um, there's this company called Belisa, which is a porn site that's like their their motto is like porn for women by women. Mm -hmm. It's not just like lesbian porn; it has literally everything. Yeah. But it, it's it's a porn company run by women, and their entire thing is they want like ethical 
And so, like, any time you go on the internet and you watch porn for free, that is unethical. Interesting. Like, you were consuming Someone argue something that. Someone without argue that. paying for it. Yeah. Someone argue that all porn use is unethical, even if it's paid for. That's, that's a like, good argument. They don't... You don't know who... They don't know... Like, I feel like if you're... Like releasing or whatever to someone who doesn't even know you, like that's just unethical in my mind. And like, I don't know, it's just weird. The whole concept of like holding your, like looking at your phone while doing, like it just it makes a weird relationship with our phones in my head and like in our screens in our head because then now we have like a sexual relationship with them where people are like, oh no, it's normal. But then you have people like I watch podcasts and stuff and the older guys are talking they're like nah like porn's not normal like it's not like oh you grow up with it it's fine it's like no before you grew up and like you only did things with people or you had like a magazine but now like porn has brought it to a disgusting level where people like can only get off to porn you know what i'm saying yeah there's i think i was looking at the statistics done by this there's this so there's this company called like oh it's a five-letter word it's like I'm not gonna remember the name of the company, but they're a Japanese um, sex toy company for men. Um, they're called like masturbatory aids company, but they're they're a sex toy company. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they did the world's largest study on like porn use and masturbation like a year or two ago, and I was doing a bunch of research for the project that I was doing um, for my gender studies class, and it was titled like sex education you wish you had and my part of the project was like on porn and like uh like pleasure like you you never learn anything about pleasure in sex ed except like guys are told like oh yeah it's it's okay to jerk off that's natural do it and girls are never mentioned anything about it that's true and that's one of the things that i wanted to like talk about because like i it was weird to like stand up in a room full of like 30 people and try to talk to them about their masturbatory habits and yeah. being like, how much do you <laughs> masturbate? <laughs> um, but it, it went pretty good. I uh, I had some people come up to me after class. They're like, that was awkward, but you made it good. And I was like, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> well, um, one, like, it's one of those things where like everybody kind of does it. So like, yeah. it's just, just every, no one wants to admit to it. But I um, met this girl like a couple weeks ago who we were talking about it, and she she said that in high school, she just assumed that anything she learned in sex ed was everything she needed to know. Yeah. And there are people like that. I, <laughs> I don't know. I was never like that because I always was just like, I don't know. Because you I also get a, a sexual it, like, education from just being around other kids, to yeah. be honest. And so I just, I did a lot of like self research and stuff on like, what is the clitoris? How does it function? What's the G spot? How does it function? You know, like looking up and like actively researching into it because I, I'm not. I probably read like a Cosmo article about how bad sex ed is in schools and that started it or something silly like that. But I did a lot of self research and I didn't realize that like not everybody else did that. Yeah. And so she was saying that before she came to college, she thought that the clitoris was another name for the vagina, mm-hmm. not like its own separate part of the vagina yeah she thought like like the joke like you're so stupid you can't even find the clit she thought it was funny because she thought the clit was just like yeah. the entire vagina like you're so dumb you don't know where the vagina is damn and then she was saying that Dude. she thought you couldn't like for a girl you couldn't masturbate until you, after you've had like straight sex 
like some sort of like achievement unlocked. Thing. Yeah, that's odd. With one thing I always think about a lot is like guys see their kid like every day, like they see it every day. But girls, like you see, like you see, like um, I don't know. I've seen like YouTube videos and shit like that, or like there was this ah oh, fuck, what was that show called? Too hot to handle. You ever seen that? And the, at one part of it, like, they take all the girls and they just put them in front of mirrors and have them show them, like, their vaginas. And, like, they all started crying. And they're all like, it's beautiful. And I was like, I just never thought about that. Like, you guys don't even, like, look at it. Like, I to me, I think part of the reason, like, I don't know, if some psychological effect maybe, the fact that we see it every day is why it's on our mind more. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that you guys, like, see it so rarely makes it a more significant thing. Not for, that's obviously painting with a large brush, but I'm saying like, in general, like women are getting catcalled by men. Like that's the issue, you know? And like, it's, I think it's like, something has to do with the psychological effect of us always seeing it. I don't know, it's not like, No, I just just think about that a lot. Like how you guys, like it's like rare to look at it. Like how she said, like she didn't know there was two different parts. I was like, well, why didn't she just look? I, like, I don't know that's crazy to me because it's it's something that like it's 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 like the topic of shame like women yeah. feel so much shame embracing their own like sexuality and like the like I know so many women who don't know how to make themselves come mm-hmm. they don't masturbate they just wait for their like a partner who knows how to do it and and that's how they get off and that the thought of that is just crazy to me because it's like, I don't know any person with a dick, not a single person with a dick who doesn't know how to make themselves come. Yeah. I know like <laughs> like 30% of women don't know how to make themselves come. Yeah. And it, it's fucking wild. And it, a lot of it, there's actually like a lot of feminist literature about how like when boys are growing up and like young girls are growing up. That's number one, hold it. It's number one. Okay, so um, a lot of like feminist philosophers write about how boy, like little boys' first and main plaything is their own dick, and that girls' first plaything is like a doll, and that causes this process of like subjectification versus objectification. How do they? How do they determine that first plaything for guys is a dick? Um, it was something like, like, like little boys just have a penis and it's always there and like, like, cause it's in their face, yeah. like, and you see it kind of yeah. going back to that. And so they kind of, so they can like, uh, base their identity for a per- certain point of time, like off the fact that they have a dick mm-hmm. and it's just down there dangling and then they play with other little boys who have penises and then like penises are talked about and explored because they're there and like very accessible. Yeah. Um, and that causes like a subjectification because like you're, you're basing your view of yourself on your penis. Yeah. Because that's like the first weird thing that you have to play with. Mm-hmm. And girls are given dolls and that causes objectification because girls like dress up the dolls and care and feed for them as they wish to be dressed up and cared and fed for and that causes like a cycle of objectification like I am only thinking about myself through this doll that I've personified and now I will personify myself as a doll Mm -hmm. and that causes like 
he's like the meek and like shy and reserved like characterizations of like how women are supposed to be versus men have like a penis which is like exploring and fun and cool and like causes you to be rackets and all those other adjectives yeah and like playful yeah that's interesting the did you play with dolls growing up like did you were you a part of this yeah um i didn't have too many dolls honestly i was more into like building fairy houses and exploring the woods Mm -hmm. because i'm living in new hampshire so i have like my backyard is like just woods yeah so in the summertime i would just literally just walk into the woods and then come back like three hours later and have done an adventure there's like a little like swamp and like some streams and just like cool nature stuff that i would just explore and play in and you know make up stories as like we used to before telephones to make up stories for us and like you'd hit up your friends by just knocking on their front door and then hit hit the woods Um, i grew up in a woodsy area too so we'd do the same thing and there was like a geocache you know, like, where you'd, like, a box and you put something and you take something? That's awesome. That shit was fun, too. But, how, you, so you said you were, like, you looked up things and explored things. What age would you say that started? When you were learning, like, sex ed in high school or before? Probably before in, like, 7th or 8th grade because we had, like, so in, like, 5th and 6th grade, we had, like, health class that was also, like, gym class yeah. and, like, once a week we would have health class instead of gym class um mm-hmm. and i remember like we were separated by gender and shown like a video of yeah. like here's what it's like having your period and here's why everything is going to suck for the next like 20 years of your life and here's what it's like giving birth to a baby and like all these things about did when you watched the video of birth did, was it just girls or everybody I think it was just girls. Really? Yeah. In my class, we watched it all together. Which is, like, kind of whack to think about it. Because I think they just, like, were, like, trying to protect the boys. But it's, like, protect the boys from what? Like, this is the origin of life. Hopefully, if you have a kid. Yeah. And, like, looking back on it, that probably would have been so dysphoric if you were someone who were having trouble with, like, your gender identity. And the people were like, okay you're only gonna like say you're a girl who thinks they might be a boy and you're being told okay here's only the information about girls no other information um you're good that you don't need anything else Mm -hmm. and i feel like that caused a lot of problems with like boys legitimately knowing nothing about periods and all the jokes that like oh i get kicked in the balls hurts so much more than having a baby and like cramps are just fucking weak like tough them up like Girls have the, like, excuse to act irrationally angry once a month, and I have to keep it together all the time. And yeah. it's, like, that's actually a new girl quote where, um, Nick is, is like... Is it Nick? I was going to yeah, say, it would have like, been Nick. You have an excuse to act irrationally <laughs> angry all, once a month, and I have to keep it together all the time. And Jess is like, Nick, you are irrationally angry almost every single day. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not, and, like, starts getting irrationally angry. That's funny. And it's, like, if guys were taught what happens during a period and like the fact that your hormones are literally like tripling at that point in time and you just have like a shorter fuse so like boyfriends would be like oh you don't care about this like every other day of the month but you care about this when you're on your period it's like 
well, I care about this every other day of the month. It's just not worth arguing about until my fuse is like <laughs> 10 times shorter yeah. and everything's annoying me. Um, and I just feel like the inequality of information causes so many of the problems that we have. Like imagine if our like education system was actually good. Like, like imagine if sexual we had education is part of it. Yeah, but also just like in general, imagine if we had a good education system. I don't, I don't want to really diss on. I mean, from where I, I came from, public schools, and I was pretty happy with the education I received. I thought, like, the way the way it's set up and the way it is, like, we are. You do learn the knowledge you need to know to go. In the, like, I do think high school genuinely prepares you for the real world. Like, college is obviously for those people who want to get that degree and pursue different careers, but I think I was ready to go into the workforce at coming out of high school, and I think that's its job. You know what I'm saying? You just yeah. need to learn, like, the basic knowledge of our society. And people call it BS. People are like, why do I need this? Why do I need that? But, like, you just need to know what has been learned and what has, or what has been, like, created and discovered to then continue, like, civilization, you know? Did and you learn anything about how to do your taxes? Uh, yeah, in business classes and stuff like that like obviously you had to go out and take the business classes they weren't required but you would learn about certain things like that like and we had this week at the end of the year where we would um we would go through stations and they would teach us like how to finance college and like how to actually do it and manage it and like what like what financial aid is how you're going to do it and like what taking a loan out is going to look like and how that's going to look over time like they i really did feel prepared for like taking care of the real world and like I feel like a lot of the people obviously that wasn't offered at all schools but I'm just saying this is just my school specifically yeah. and anyone who like complained about not knowing I feel like just didn't take advantage of what was given to us in my school I can't speak for every other school you know what I'm saying yeah but it's it is like that but also like for my school we had um it was mandatory that throughout our four years at some point we take a personal finance class and mm -hmm. like how to pay your bills, how to like organize your money, how to do taxes, like how the stock market works, like all these other things to do with just like how to spend your own money, retirement accounts, all of that. And so that was something that was great that happened in my school. Yeah. Um, but I, did, also, I do wish we learned about the stock market. Yeah, like imagine if you had, if, imagine if every high school had mandatory classes on personal finance. Yeah. We would have a lot less problems with debt in this country. Mm -hmm. Imagine if, Okay, did you know there is no national standard of education? Like, there is no bottom line of what it's needs to be taught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that means that in some schools in the South, they aren't taught evolution. Yeah. They are taught creationism. They aren't taught that the North won the Civil War. They're taught how to respect Robert E. Lee, like yeah. the commander of the, Southern, the Southerners. And a lot of that, in, again, inequality of information causes so many of the problems we have now. Mm -hmm. Like, if every school in the country required you to take a personal finance class, we would have so much less debt in this country. If every school in the country actually taught about, if we had an actual separation of church and state in our education system, and we weren't talking about creationism, we were talking about evolution, as the scientists say, mm -hmm. which, like, go you if you want to like believe in creationism but as a child you should learn about evolution that's how we that's how pretty much everywhere in the world recognizes 
how we came to be. It's like, if you want to take the knowledge and ignore it and just go for creationism, that's all good. You can do that. But you at least have to have that yeah. knowledge in the first place. And the fact that they're not given that knowledge in the first place causes a lot of problems between, like, the Bible Belt South and, like, some, like, northern liberals, mm -hmm. like, with just again in quality of in information because they're being taught something that is different than th what's being taught over here and that causes so much division yeah and again like i know plenty of you places. think that's a you think that's the cause of it though like the cause because there's i guess it would be the cause because then like i don't know i feel like a big cause of it all is social media right now because the algorithms show you what you want to see, but I guess from what you're saying, you would start to see what, like, you'd start to see what's around you, so it would just come from that, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and, like, imagine if we had, like, an actual understanding. So, what my school did a really good job of, we had, like, sophomore year was dedicated to, like, American history, mm -hmm. and my teacher ended up doing, like, a really deep dive into slavery and, like, Jim Crow era, but also my history teacher didn't know what redlining is yeah um and i had to like i was literally a sophomore being like are you gonna teach us about redlining and she's like what is redlining scout and i'm like hello <laughs> college yeah. graduated history teacher you don't know what redlining is yeah um and so it's just it's crazy because it's crazy but at the same time like we are really the first generation with technology and to like mm -hmm. to have the ability to say to say that we should ha all have the same information is almost like a privilege right now cuz like clearly like it's causing issues and it's a problem that that information isn't universal right now but we're I feel like this is what like that's about is getting to that point like we're the generation to see what it should be and what it was and like now we're supposed to move towards that and like when we're adults it will start to be more the way we think it should be you know what i'm saying yeah. whereas like it's upsetting but that's the way it was just because of like the timing of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Kind of like, it, I don't think it was like, when when we talk about like division and we talk about all these stuff, like a lot of people think it's very purposeful by like a higher ups and elites, which I can get behind on a lot of topics, but this one almost feels like it's just because education is behind the, like the technology it's curve. Not funded. You know? Yeah, Enough. exactly. Also, like I agree with that, but also like, we've had the exact same problems with education for generations before technology existed. Like these, these are like hundred year old problems that just haven't been fixed. Yeah. Because no one is taking well, it. It wasn't even about the information back then. It was literally just because people didn't even have the opportunity to learn it. Like not being able to go into certain schools and stuff like that. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, but just it's just crazy to me because my roommate is from the south she's from georgia mm -hmm. and one day we were talking about school and she's just like yeah i went to the best private school in the state and i went to the worst private school in the state and i was just like well if you're going to the worst private school in the state why don't you just go to public school and she just literally laughed at me and she just goes scout <laughs> if you go to public school in the south you will not learn anything yeah you do not get a like even a baseline education that will help you for your future in southern public schools Interesting. and if you a lot of economists will say that if you look at what a country spends the most money on you can see where its priorities are and 
as you probably guess, <laughs> what the United States spends the most money on is like warmongering. Yeah. Like beefing up the military, even though our military is like three times the size of Russia and China's military combined. Mm-hmm. Our top two like quote unquote enemies. We already have three times the budget they do. Um, and we spend so much money on like policing almost more than we do like all that. Like definitely more than we spend on education. And imagine if we took like half of the budget for policing and for the army and we just shoved it into the school system Mm -hmm. teachers were getting paid enough they had enough resources no longer buying stuff with their own paychecks and we would start to see that kind of trickle effect yeah and it's just really cool because i've just i've done a lot like obviously with the major that i'm doing i'm what are you majoring in i'm doing the triple major program with politics philosophy and economics so I'm getting like a really broad education, mm-hmm. um, which I'm obsessed with this because I love learning, especially with things that like I enjoy learning about. And these are the types of things I enjoy learning about. And so I've gotten so many sides to like the same stories, like from my ethics class, from my politics class, from like my other ethics and politics class, like from my gender studies class, from my macroeconomics class. Like, or I'm learning about the same concepts, I feel but the just same like way about my class. different things. And it, it feels like it's opened so many doors in my brain. Yeah. Because there's, there's already, like, ten better ways to fund education in America than the way that we do it right now. Like, one of the, like, simplest things to me is that, um, so, like, in New Hampshire, you pay property tax, and that's how you fund, like, your public school education. And so what happens is, like, property tax for this town funds the school from this town and property tax from this town funds the school from this town so obviously if if this town over here is yeah is wealthier and this town over here is low income they're not going to have enough money and they have too much money and so what the what was come up with is like you take all of the money from all over new hampshire you bring it up to the state level and then you redistribute it out with like a certain amount of money per student Mm -hmm. and some people would be like, that's unfair to the richer communities, but you're not necessarily taking any of the resources away from them. They already have all the resources bought and paid for. They already have the smart boards. Like, we're not taking the smart boards away and putting them in other schools. We're just giving other schools a chance. So, like, right now we're here. And so what would happen is we would just go, like, bring the bottom t- level up. And the richer communities would still have better schooling because they've had better schooling for longer and the teachers know what they're doing and are probably better at their jobs just because they were given more opportunity and it would force like parents and members of the community to actually give a shit about their school like if you want your kid to succeed more if you want like I don't know the football team to have more money you'll actually put in money for the fundraiser yeah and so like it causes the community to like reevaluate and be like, oh, um, we're not giving the same amount of money per child in our town anymore because some of it's been distributed to the other towns. So like, let me actually give a shit about my child's education and get involved a little bit. And 
I don't know, that just seems really simple to me. And yeah. Especially because I come from one of the towns that are higher income, and I live right next to a lower income town, and I just, a lot of the times I saw it as like the other sides of the track scenario. Like I lived in Bedford and Manchester was right next to me. And a lot of the times my mom would be like, I don't want you hanging out with Manchester kids because they all do drugs and like their parents aren't home. And I'm like, yeah, so what about it, mom? Like <laughs> yeah. all the kids I know in our town don't do, do drugs <laughs> yeah. and their parents aren't home except their parents are in surgery and their parents are working two jobs. Like... Yeah. It's it's the same thing except one has more resources and is doing crazier shit because they don't get in trouble because their parents are like there was the two twins like the Dwitties whose dad was like the chief of police in my town and they would get a text from their dad whenever a party was about to get busted and be and their dad would be like get the fuck out of there I'm coming right now mm-hmm. like don't tell anyone else but obviously they would always be like yo my dad's coming break it up break it up and so like that gave us better resources and less chances of getting in trouble than the kids in the community next to us which again which i didn't add before was obviously more of a diverse community versus my community was very fucking white very very white and like maybe second level would be like asian and indian uh i think there was maybe like 10 black kids in my entire school. Yeah, that's not a lot. Yeah, and so in the community right next to us, there's like 75% people of color, maybe higher than that, and it's it was just, it's just like this dichotomy of like the two different worlds right next to each other, and it's one that I was like so often intermingled with, because I would hang out with all the kids who like lived right at the edge of the town line mm-hmm. and so they basically that they lived their lives in manchester but they went to school in bedford bedford and it, it was my, my mom hated it because <laughs> she was just like scout you getting distracted because all these fr- people i hung out with just wanted to be like nail techs and or like work on cars like go to shop and my mom's like you need like like more focus in like going to college i'm like what if i don't want to co- go to college when i was like 14 and she was so worried it would like derail me for my future but like yeah. here i am mom i, I wasn't <laughs> derailed <laughs> even though you tried to stop me from hanging out with those kids who just like were doing the same exact thing except they didn't have the opportunity of getting caught and not getting in trouble yeah and especially like i don't know if this was your case but if they're illegal like there's a huge issue if they get caught and like college is not even in the picture you know what I'm saying like because there's no FAFSA help there's nothing like I had a girl on a podcast who she was she was illegal and she was saying that like there was no chance like it wasn't even ever an option you know what I'm saying like it never in her head was like oh I could do this it was like oh I need to I'm gonna become like I'm gonna go to nail school or like beauty school you know or and then that's, I had a tech school in my town too. And like a lot of people would just go straight to a tech school and then pick up a vocation and then do that for their life, you know? So mm-hmm. it is, it is crazy how that shit happens and like how it almost seems like there's no way out sometimes, you know? And like, it almost, it almost is like, oh, you just have to wait a couple of generations for this family to like have a chance, you know? And it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? You know? Because these kids are growing up like knowing the fact that their parents don't have money for them to spend on college they know the fact that college is insanely expensive and they just figure well like 
I'm creative. I'd I'd rather do nails and hair than consider anything else that might also be like a passion of mine. But I don't want to have to go into crippling debt to do it. Yeah, and it's not even like now it's cool. It's not like crippling debt that you can get out of. It's like oh, like I'm just never gonna be able to get out of this. Like I was talking about this with my parents, and they were saying, and one of my teachers, Miss Shamp. She was saying how, like, yeah, back in college, like, I would work during the school year and the summer, and I paid off my college. She's like, you guys don't even have, like, the opportunity to do that. Like, you could work all summer and all year and still come out with debt because it's just outrageous how much college is. Yeah, I was – I remember one time I was talking about it with my grandpa, and, like, he was just – he said basically the same thing. Like, I worked and I could pay it off, and I did, like – I pulled up one of those, like um, – money calculators of like how much yeah yeah inflation yeah yeah yeah. um of how much it would be like then and now and his college cost now was like 15 grand a year in today's money and i was just like i'm paying 15 grand a semester (laughs) yeah like (laughs) there are some schools that you're paying like 40 grand a semester because i think the most expensive school in the u.s is about 80 grand a year yeah because i was looking it up the other day and i was like there is no opportunity like college is a business now nobody freaking cares about educating people if we gave a shit about educating people like in the country if we made it like our top priority if we made like getting everyone with their big beautiful brains the opportunity to like educate themselves and study whatever they wanted like their passions we would probably have flying cars by today like it's 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 crazy because we don't prioritize that and how can we expect our society to move forward if we're using the exact same model I'd say on the base level, the people you see day-to-day care about education and care about making it better, but it's the people we don't see and the people who call the d- make the decisions who don't see us. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, that's it's, – it's really, like, what everything's coming down to, it really feels like people versus the people with the money. You know what I'm saying? It's and really that. It, the biggest, like – honestly, like, the biggest problem I've – or the root of all problems when I look into – my major is environmental science, so we talk about, like – so I'm kind of in the same boat with you where like every class was connecting. Like I'm talking in philosophy about like ethically how things is in nature and stuff like that. And like in my writing class, we were doing the same thing. And like my creative course, we're thinking of ways to be comp- more sustainable. Like it's, it's crazy. Like when I got here, I was like, is the goal of college just to teach people that we have like, we fucked up and we need to like fix global warming. And like, it seems like that's just cause I'm in the science program. Whereas you in a different program, we like the base messages oh, we fucked up, we need to make people feel, like, loved again and, like, have give people an opportunity. But what I was kind of getting at is, like, the biggest issue is the distri- dis- 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 distribution of wealth. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just crazy how over COVID – like, it, it just got me so mad to see politicians continue to, like, just tell us we're all right and, like, everything's fine and, like, it's going to be okay while they're sitting perfectly fine in untermed positions. You know what I'm saying? And they were fine in their big house. Nancy Pelosi's taking videos in her big house with her big full fridge and then go getting, hair like, haircuts and barbers that she shut down telling people she got set up. Like, just crazy shit like this. Like, politicians just doing disgusting shit 
and it's just so aggravating because you feel hopeless with this gap you know what i'm saying yeah. and it's almost like ha the only way it is fixed is if the people with the money make the decision that they want to fix it like they're really if be like it's it's like a stuck feeling you know what i'm saying and yeah. and, and once it once it's redistributed and once we put out and there's not so much inherited family wealth and stuff like that like i feel like all these solutions start to fix you know what i'm saying like all these things start to come in place so it's it's almost like all these solutions aren't individual or all these problems aren't individual it's symptoms of this one big problem you know what i'm saying yeah um do you know the the term like uh, a wicked problem yeah yeah it's it's like that like they're all all wicked problems are interconnected yeah. with each other and they're pretty much unsolvable and like a crazy fact is like from 1917 CEO and like high up in company wages have increased like 180 percent in mm -hmm. some cases while like day-to-day -day factory workers uh, wages have increased like two percent but that's the thing and the gap is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger that's that's where I me and my family talk about this a lot me and my dad because my sister is very big on like communism and changing everything up and stuff like that my dad's very like well capitalism is like the way we've done it and stuff like that and what we say we're like well like you said the ceos keep making more money and stuff like that and there's no option for us and the factory workers and stuff like that but then my dad will give the like the reason like you can be that ceo worker you can come up with the new idea you can make the new business you can like that's what capitalism and his he doesn't see it in like a He's a very open view about it, and, like, he doesn't see it in, like, a... He sees it in, like, an opportune way. Like, capitalism gives us the chance to be that rich person, to that chance to make the money and stuff like that. But then, like, what we're talking about here is where we don't even have the beginning opportunity. You almost yeah. don't get that chance in the end, you know? Yeah, like, uh, like Elon Musk. Probably so many people before him had the exact same ideas of, like, oh, my God, imagine if I made a company that made this type of cars and did all of this stuff that Elon Musk wants to do. So many people yeah, before but him he's probably also wanted to do that, but he comes from a family who owns a diamond mine. He's not self-made. His parents own a mother freaking diamond he mine. The, it's different though, because he was also just born with a different brain. And he he was like, they're coming out of college, him and his brother were putting in over 80 hours of week, like work a week, you know what I'm saying? So like, yes, he was given a lot to get to the starting point, but once he got to that point, it was all grinding. And, like, I guess that's what my dad sees because, like, I'm in that position, too. I, we didn't have a diamond mine, and we don't, like, we're not super wealthy, but I'm going to college. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, in my eyes, I do have the equal opportunity of all these big names we see. Like, I do have that chance, and that's what he sees. But then what me and you were talking about, what we see are people that don't get to this level, you know? Yeah, but imagine someone who has the exact same idea to do what Elon Musk does they have the exact same brain function to do what Elon Musk does, but they can't put in 80 hours a week because they're stuck at a dead-end job making minimum wage trying to pay for the apartment that is pretty shitty and they don't even want to live in in the first place, but they need somewhere to live. So they don't have the opportunity to I mean, to all like I have to say to that hour. is, like, I don't know, like, yes, that's an obstacle, but it still could be worked around. You know what I'm saying? Like, 40 hours a week right. on your job, your minimum wage job, but then time you're not in that minimum wage job, it's gonna suck, but if you have a good idea and you know you can make it, you're working on that idea outside of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So 
I guess like he had the like there is there is a lot of scenarios where it is like oh they didn't even get the chance and then there is a lot of scenarios where it's like oh that's a big obstacle and people had it easier than me but I still have an opportunity here you know what I'm saying true there's one there's this comic from the nib uh which is just this comic like production place uh that makes like political comics and one that they have is called the silver platter Mm -hmm. and it shows like the parallels of this young white boy who lives in a wealthier family and this little brown girl who does not live in a wealthy family she lives in a low-income family and it shows like the differences in their lives and so like little Timmy's life he comes home from school his mom is home and making him a sandwich and there to help with his homework Sarah comes home her parents are both at work she doesn't necessarily have the motivation she yet fucking to do goes her homework. to work with them that's how that yeah. would happen and so like oh sorry it's just my no phone <laughs> Timmy um Timmy has Timmy grows up a little bit he's like in high school he's having problem with his grades his parents hire him a tutor yeah Sarah's having problem with their grades. Their parents are trying their best, but they can't hire her a tutor. So she just has to, like, continue struggling. Timmy gets to go to college debt-free because his parents are able to pay for that, while Sarah's working three jobs trying to pay for her college. Um, And Timmy gets to go through college quicker because he doesn't have to work because he can put more energy focused in college, while Sarah eventually gets too stressed with doing two jobs trying to pay for college and a place to live and food to eat and also like doing her course load so she eventually drops out and just does her minimum wage jobs now and it and the comic ends with Sarah being like a waiter at an event um, for Timmy and Timmy is taking like a piece of food off of a silver platter that Sarah's handing him and it's quoted is like nobody's ever like given me anything I've worked for everything that I've got and it's like that may be true but you were like you, you had a such a head start like you may have worked for everything you got because like you did you put in the hard effort like good for you but you didn't have any obstacles to go over you like think like um like a track like your tr- track lane is completely cre- clear while sarah's track lane mm-hmm. has like 12 hurdles each one bigger than the next and eventually she doesn't even have the leg to jump over it and so it's it's things like that because like yeah you can work around it but does the everyday person really have like the wherewithal to put in all that extra effort just for the hope of a better life because like like in theory yes but in practicality like you're going to be so burnt out and exhausted and tired and sad and just unfulfilled with your life that you might get to a breaking point and just be like i this is all i want to do in life is go to college and study this thing and like help the world or do whatever you want with your college education whatever your degree is but it's too hard i have no assistance nobody's here to help me i'm doing this all on my own and i just can't do it anymore and timmy never had that problem Mm because he never has had to do anything by himself He's always had like a net to break. And his problems fall. were solved for him. Yeah, and so that's like the difference. But that doesn't. But like when I think of like Elon Musk, like Timmy, and like someone else who has the same brain capacity as Sarah, like Elon Musk was able to do it because he probably didn't even have to have his own job. He could just 
do 80 hours doing whatever he wanted, just fucking around with science things, while everybody else has to work dead-end job to be able to get the chance to spend 10 hours of their weeks fucking around with science things. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And what I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I would like to believe that a lot of people don't give up on that hope, though. You know what I'm saying? And they, like, they continue to, like, yes, there is obstacles, and yes, there is challenges, and yes, there, people have much greater obstacles to get over than others, but, like, I would like to believe in my heart that most people wouldn't give up. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it, I know that doesn't even, like, matter, because it still happens, and, like, help is needed, but I guess what we, like, what your story kind of said was, like, Timmy's problems were being solved for him, whereas Sarah's problems weren't being solved for her. She was having to go out and solve them for herself, but there was, became so many problems she couldn't solve them, at, like, simultaneously, so then that's where, like, I think community programs and stuff like that come into play, like, with helping her balance those things, and it's that, like, that's not even necessarily a money thing, but, like, a big thing for me is like I don't think I'll ever need therapy or anything or like I don't think I'll ever have a mental issue and I, like I can say this from a pretty privileged point of view but also I've always been open with people about my problems you know what I'm saying like I've never tried to bottle that shit in and like where you're saying is like it gets hard for people and they like they don't have anybody with them like I've always felt like I've had people around me outside of my family and like that's kudos to my school in my community and stuff like that but then that attitude of like being able to like just knowing that humans are also around me that also have the same shit like knowing that and then bringing that to college like i was literally talking about this with the guy who works at the cafe in samia um his name's sammy he was talking about how like he's like if any one of you ever like killed yourself because you were depressed he's like that's not because your therapist was bad that's not because you had too much work he's like that's on us like that's on the security guard that's on the cafe workers that's on the professors because we're not like checking in on you you know and like i've that lesson's always stuck with me because i feel like that's one of the problems that a lot of people have that make them stop or make them feel like things are impossible and then they seek out therapy which is very useful and seek out medication which is also I've, i have opinions on medication that are kind of unpopular because i believe there's no plan for people to come off of it I believe it's something that's used to just mask a problem instead of fix a problem. And, but like the lesson I've really learned is that like, we just need to treat humans like human, like just take time to be human beings, you know? And it, it, it's been lost where we, we all have this bag of shit and we all have problems and like we read stories and we love underdogs and heroes and we love the people who have the shitty starts. But in our own lives, we don't want to show people that. And like, in with social media that's catalysting this problem because we're just becoming a hap like a, a sad generation with happy pictures. We're just be creating avatars that people want to see. And like, I think that's honestly one of the biggest problems right now with people stopping and giving up is because they feel like they're the only one who has the adversity, you know? And the only one who has the, like, the mental blockages and like the anxiety and stuff like that, whereas I really feel like you could talk about it with a lot of people around you. And even if that person's in this exact same bad place, you two sharing with each other is like just going to help immensely, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of funny that you say like a sad people have happy pictures and like 
characters are results. My friends, Meredith, uh, just the other, like last week, completely wiped everything off of her Instagram and changed the name to like Mary Arsenio and started posting pictures of this like 3D created animated girl. And she, it ended up being for a project she was doing in school about social media. Mm-hmm. And the project, like her way of doing it was basically saying like, Mary, Ars- Mary Arsenio is everything I wish I could be. She's like tall, she has long legs, she has beautiful bouncy hair, she has like friends, she has a girlfriend, like she has cute outfits. And it's like, this, this is the, what I'm trying to show on social media. And through that project, she was saying like, she realized that like, she can't be Mary Arsenio. She's herself, Meredith Tokak. And like, it was just really cool because she literally used this yeah. avatar and p- started posting pictures of this avatar online. It caused like a bunch of people to unfollow her and stuff. And it was this whole big funny story. But she just did this to show that like, when you're posting on social media, you're literally That's just right. showing an avatar of what you wish you could be. Mm-hmm. And doing that made her feel like more comfortable being herself because like, I will never be this avatar and I don't want to be this avatar. I want to be myself. And I don't know, I thought that connected because it was just like, it was actually a pretty rad like social experiment that she just like did on her own. It confused everyone because just like all of a sudden I started getting pictures of this random 3D cartoon girl posting on Instagram. I'm like, I don't remember following anyone named Mary Arsenio. And it Mm -hmm. was just, it was kind of confusing at first, but like after a couple texts of like, hey, is your Instagram account okay? She yeah. was like, it's for a project you'll learn later. And I did, and it was actually, it was really cool. That is neat. We were talking about that in a writing class, like how you really can just project whatever you want to be, the best you, you know? And it, like, it freaks me out because we have that now, and then we have COVID now where you're supposed to stay inside or wear a mask and not show yourself. Like, it, it just all freaks me out a little bit because it's, we were reading this story that was like, it was just hitting in the winter way too hard about, it was called the machine and like how everybody lived around in underground in their own rooms alone and saw everything like used a screen or whatever to like communicate with everyone to do, to teach classes, to learn classes while I'm learning this class through Zoom. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just all getting so close to home. And then we were talking about social media, how we create avatars and then we hide ourselves in real life. And then I'm walking around and everybody has their masks on and no one's looking at each other. And I was like, Jesus, like we're literally becoming what that's talking about. So does that, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but does that story involve like a, some sort of like punishment of like this really complicated machine and there's this general who comes to visit like how the machine works and it like literally carves words into your skin or is that no no different thing it was like a it was like a short story there's this other short story about this like general who comes to visit like this like torture death device that they have Mm -hmm. and so basically there's this person who is in the army who is basically sent there because his um commanding officer said that he like talked back to him and that was it. That was his, like, entire trial. Yeah. And um, he was just, like, th- thrown in jail and then brought to this machine. And so, basically, this guy is standing there, like, so you never asked his side of the story? And and the guy who's, like, explaining the machine is, like, no, we don't need to ask his side of the story. Like, 
his commander wouldn't lie. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? That's insane. Why would I even have to ask him his side of the story? And so it just goes into this immense, like, detail about how, like, this giant, tall machine that's, like, five stories tall that's literally just created to, like, burn, like, I will never, and, like, he's, like, written into his, carved into his skin, like, I will never disrespect my officer, superior officer, and, like, like a mantra like that across his back until he just, like, dies from the pain, and then the machine, like, absorbs his life force. And it's, it's this story to show, like, how if we just like allow ourselves to just like listen to whatever the top yeah. brass says and be like oh this is how we're doing it so it must be right mm-hmm. it, we could go to crazy lengths it was just like a very big exaggeration of what could happen if we just don't like seek truth for ourselves it was it was kind of a great story the um, unexamined life has no value so true um and with like social media what i tried been trying to do recently is like I I love I love like dressing up and wearing cool outfits mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love doing like like outfit checks before I go outside and so what I've been doing recently is like I I won't do more than like two tries like if if I don't like the video enough by the second try well too bad nothing's gonna be perfect in the way yeah. that I imagine it to be like it's either this one or this one one of them's good enough it's like yeah. and that's why I love I've been getting in, more into like videos over pictures recently because I feel like it it captures like what life really is like i'm not a still frame animation you don't really know anything about me from like this one single frame Mm -hmm. and you're never gonna learn anything about me from this one single frame except that i'm cute as frick (laughs) um and but like through a video you can really you can really like show personality yeah and like what it feels like to be you in that exact moment and like how your life like feels and how you actually exist and i was just watching a youtube video on this like what art like art today is considered anything and that's disrespectful to what art really is because what art is is an artist having the ability to express how they were feeling in that moment and you also looking at what they made feeling what they felt so like i guess i i get that with your video because your goal is to make people feel what you felt and like in a way that's art but like you couldn't get that across with a picture in your like the way you wanted to, you know, like some people could do it with the picture, some people could do it with the drawing, some people could do it with the video. I do it with the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. it's anyone's medium, you know. I've always wished I had some semblance of artistic ability, but because I have well. like all of these really awesome like thoughts, like I used to want to be a fashion designer. I was obsessed with um, Alexander McQueen, who mm-hmm. does these ridiculously crazy like alien-like outfits he's long dead but um i was (laughs) i loved looking at like i just searched alexander mcqueen fashion shows and just like spent hours searching through like images just looking at these crazy outfits and i would have all these cool ideas in my head but i could never like put them out on paper so i just kind of at some point i gave up on it i was like i'm never gonna be able to draw the way i want and if maybe if i put more energy into it i could have gone to that point but I didn't because I just I felt discouraged about the fact that nothing in my brain fit on the paper the way I wanted it to. It's I feel the same way about a lot of ways of art, but one thing I find like come across recently is like making YouTube videos and stuff like that, and that's the one. This is the one thing I felt like I actually am putting down what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? And like I've really I'm so excited for summer to like really get into it. I've only done a couple here in Boston, but. I want to do more and like just 
different clips and like short narrative stories and like really something like deep meaning to it where you need to like actually watch and think about it and like to understand what I'm trying to put out and like I've been able to do it and I know how to do it and like I've made videos and I haven't posted them and like it's come out how I've wanted to and it feels so good to finally have like found what like that medium is you know what I'm saying because like it wasn't drawing it wasn't like painting it wasn't whatever art class was like it was in this like video editing that I had to pick up on my own you know and it, it, just, it just feels I'm you should push yourself to try to find that with with the with the drawing or something or like whatever it is because when it clicks you're like holy shit like now I can show people how I feel I've th- so weirdly enough I've kind of found my own medium which isn't this isn't art at all it's nothing like if what you're doing if, but if I get how you're feeling <laughs> through it it's art apparently based on the definition I heard today I love just like like outfits like how I dress that's art expresses what are you talking about? how that's I art. feel like on a daily like on a day-to-day basis like I dress how I'm feeling in the morning mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll like wake up and I'll be like oh I want to wear this shirt and then like I'll base an outfit around that shirt or I'll want I'll want to dress up like this style and then I'll try to embody that style and what it means to my brain or like I want to dress as this feeling and today the outfit idea was kind of like childlike because <laughs> I'm obsessed with this dress I got it from Target and I got like always got like the cool socks that hey, butterflies on them they were the spring collection the summer collection like two years ago I'm obsessed with them they're um, it's crazy how we all decided like Air Forces are the shoe. Like I'm literally wearing <laughs> them right now too. <laughs> they're honestly they're pretty comfy, except for the fact that both of the Air Forces I've had, I think because they were like a little too big for me, but I got them a little big for me because I heard that like it helps them crease less. Yeah. Now have like holes in like the back of the shoe because of just like rubbing against yeah. it. I guess like I went to Disney before the pandemic started. Like literally. February of 2020. Yeah, because and we rem- I remember joking on the plane there of being like, oh my god, like imagine if we got COVID right now. Ha, how funny! Like not literally giving it any care of the world. Yeah, I remember like posting on Instagram and my caption was like, take me back after quarantine, and because quarantine was supposed to be like. It was week. so funny how that mindset was. Like everyone was like, oh, it's two weeks. It's fine. We'll yeah, be fine. And then fun. after two weeks, we're like, fuck. Like, oh, we're like Italy's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> and it, I, I wore my Air Forces, and literally one day of walking around at Disney, I had giant holes. Yeah. Like, like the stuffing was coming out of my shoes because I would just wear like I wear cool fucking tall socks. Um, because if you know wearing cool socks, like what's the point? Oh man, I honestly I wish I had some style, but all my shirts are free shirts that people give me, and all my clothes are just like athletic shorts and like just shoes that I'll wear to the, like I don't think about it that much I wish I did though that's something in this summer I want to get into is shopping shopping for some clothes that is more like oh like I like them whereas right now clothes is like oh you just put them on because you gotta have them on yeah I am getting to the point where I want like like at least 90% of my closet to be sustainably sourced and the other 10% I want to be like sm- from small businesses, and I know a lot of you times. You correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've been. I feel like at least half of my closet at this point in time is like thrifted, and maybe like ten percent is bought from like. Do you know the brand Change? Um, they're this brand. 
So basically operating on the knowledge that one cotton t-shirt takes over 500 gallons of water to produce, which is wild. Like that's enough to water like And think about all, there's a lot of um, pesticides. No, there's a lot of uh, coal and or there's a lot of oil and stuff burned in that process too. And yeah, it's it's just it's so terrible for the environment. The way that we make like fast fashion, and so especially like now that it's like summertime, I every single day I'm battling with the desire to go on like Zaffle or like Romley, all like the fast fashion websites, and order like twenty bikinis because they have such be- bikinis for such cheap prices, rather than like buy two new bikinis for like the same amount of money and it's because because like i'm i want to do it so bad it's easier it costs less like that's it's so it's way too easy and that's the problem and so like every single day i'm like sitting in my bed i'm like i just want to buy all these things because like i have such a broad like sense of fashion and so like fast fashion was made for people like me who just have want to wear like eight different looks and want to have enough pieces to complete these eight different looks yeah. in like 10 different ways but i i don't want to give into it because like if i give into it then how's the hope for anyone else because like yeah. that's part of my whole thing and i, I just can't and it mm-hmm. sucks because they're so pretty and i want to <laughs> buy them and yeah. just have the cutest fits for the summertime but like i can't bring myself to do it um that's it's a dilemma I face pretty much every day at this point coming up to like warm weather because in the winter I just I dress like a boy like I call it my stinky fashion like I (laughs) I dress up in the morning and I want to look like I smell like a wet dog like literally that stinky fashion like thrifted sweatpants with like a cool t-shirt with like a turtleneck underneath that that was my that's half of my style style yeah but now it's springtime and I can't wear long sleeves every single yeah. day and it mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> well, where you want to wrap this up? Yeah. You got any last comments, thoughts, messages? Um, check your porn. Check your porn. Make sure it's ethical. Check out Belisa. Or don't look at porn at all. Or don't look at porn at all. Use your imagination or the written word of porn was that erotica that's probably better because it's more creative and less visual. Um, Wait, what? uh, Erotica. It's like porn. Like how Fifty Shades of Grey is Uh like written down. Oh, oh, oh. Like porn books? Yeah, but there's, but there's (laughs) like, there's like porn short stories just like on the internet. Um, Have wet dreams. Control your dreams and have wet dreams. Yeah, you know. Um, (laughs) Save the Earth, Thrift, and... Fuck the American education system. Our teachers are trying hey, their hey, best. Hey. Don't fuck it. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's in a decent place. We're working on it. It, and it can be better. Defund the military to fund our education. Fair enough. That's it. Those are my final thoughts. Word. <laughs> Peace.